Hi, David. How are you? Hey, Bennett. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, do you want to tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I'm David Karzmanski. That's my uh, stage name, I guess it's called. Uh, I'm a owner of the page Karzmanski that is pretty popular in TikTok, surprisingly. And I'm still growing my audience on other platforms, as the case with many creators. But um, what I do, I talk about cars and car news and just a person that's very excited about car world. And uh, at some point decided to share it with uh, the people outside of my family and my friends. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me over. Well, thank I'm you very for, excited uh, for this one too. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm very happy to um, have you on the show. Um, what's like probably the most impressive or expensive car you've been able to see? Uh, in person or just on the internet? <laughs> um, well, I, I know you say you, you do TikTok videos. Is there like, mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of people that do the, um, oh, uh, they're like the, uh, what's your job to afford the supercar? Um, okay. Supercar. Yep. So have you, have you done any of those or is there any like impressive car you've seen while filming like a TikTok? Um, in person, not as much, and it's especially difficult now with the pandemic and not as being able to go outside as much as we can, especially here in Ontario, Canada. Um, in person, I used to, back in high school, I used to do a lot of car photography, and I would just sit in a spot that was filled with supercars and uh, hypercars and such, and they were just passing by, I would take pictures of them. Uh, so like in Toronto, you definitely get a good variety of Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Porsches, there's all of them. Uh, personally, with my experience, uh, I had a pleasure to experience a supercar tour where you know, there's a company that allows you to drive in uh, six supercars for like 10 or 20 minutes or so. And I was happy to do that. So within there, it was, it was pretty nice too. Wow, that, that seems like a lot. I would, I would definitely enjoy doing that. I'm for everyone who doesn't know, so I don't have my driver's license yet, but that would be a lot of fun to do. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, again, they're open to younger people at the time. Um, I think I was like 20 or something. So there's no uh, big stigma around the age, but once you're able to do it, definitely, I would highly recommend it uh, as it's a great experience to, uh, to drive these supercars that otherwise you would, probably have a little chance to and definitely good way to see why people appreciate those supercars and why they're so popular and so expensive of course yeah uh, well uh, they're they're definitely a blast to see here um just they're, they're 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 definitely important in the car world probably more than anything uh nowadays with the with the growing of ferrari koenigsegg pagani um all of those brands um Absolutely. so if if you had to choose three cars for your dream garage, one is that's just like your absolute dream car, one for just cruising around um, and one for daily driving, what would those be? It's an interesting question. And I definitely had to have them interchanging all the time. My three absolute favorites, I would say I always wanted a Mercedes McLaren SLR. I don't know, growing mm -hmm. up, I really loved that car and the collaboration between McLaren and Mercedes definitely uh, definitely inspired me and I really wanted that car for some reason. And it's iconic, it has great engine and surprisingly not as appreciated in the car community, but for some reason it's it always held the top spot for me. As 
for the daily, I would I would love to have an Audi RS6 Avant. Uh, I'm a big fan of wagons, and I think RS6 is one of the best ones out there. Um, and as for the other daily or a weekend car, I always was a fan of Bentley Continental GT. I would love to have that one. All right, welcome back. Uh, right. some internet issues. Um, so I think we left off um, right at when I, you were talking about the Bentley Continental GT, I believe. Absolutely. Um, and I agree. I think the Bentley Continental GT is definitely one of the best cars for the price, especially if you can get a used one um, that's like one owner or mm -hmm. um, especially with low mileage because those cars are like 50% of the original price or uh, even less. So I, th I think that would be a really fun uh, daily driver. I agree. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about some new cars. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I'm from around Detroit. Um, so we have Ford and Chevy and Chrysler over here. And recently I've been seeing a lot of new Fords. So the Ford, new Ford Bronco, the new Bronco Sport. I saw one of the new Mustang Mach-E's. Um, one of my good friends actually saw the new Mustang Mach 1 um, also. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of them coming out. So I want to get your feelings on uh, some of those cars. Um, I know that the Super Bowl is coming up um, and I know you're from Canada, so you might not be watching it. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, I think the Ford Bronco is probably a really good tailgating vehicle. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, they definitely did a good step up in terms of they were, I think they were missing at Ford, well, except for, of course, F-150 Raptor. They were missing that off-roady sort of vibe, and uh, the current Bronco, the reinvention of it, definitely fills that void. And you have two very capable versions. You have the big, badass, regular Bronco with two or four doors, and you have the more affordable and kind of more easygoing Sport. And I haven't seen the regular Bronco in person, but I've seen Sport, and it's actually looking pretty good, especially with some fresh colors that they have up for it. Um, and as you mentioned, the, for tailgating, they're pretty good too. They offer a lot of space and I haven't experienced them necessarily, but they can offer some good experience. I think good, um, definitely good effort coming from Ford these days. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that for, um, for the base $26,000 for the um, Ford Bronco Sport, I think that's a pretty fair price. Um, I've seen quite a few of them around here. I think um, one of my neighbors actually has one and I say it's it's a really nice looking car I was expecting it to be a lot more like the uh, um, the Jeep version of it mm -hmm. I, forget, I think the, the, is it the Patriot uh, no no oh. no the 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 Fiat oh, I see, drive I see. Jeep. <laughs> yeah the, the entry-level Jeep <laughs> yeah so I was expecting it to be more like that but I think they really nailed it especially the grill I'm a really big fan of that the Bronco grill Mm -hmm. um, so I was really uh, happy about that. Um, it's also pretty the... interesting that they try not to position it as Ford necessarily. Um, yes. They really try to make it a sub-brand, kind of like Mustang is right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bronco that it's completely else, it's it's Ford, but at the same time, it's not really Ford. And I like how they're doing it. I think that sort of marketing works for the customer. I agree. I, I, I think uh, the Ford Bronco actually has their own Instagram page too. So mm -hmm. I think that you're definitely on to something there that they're definitely marketing as a, as a Bronco instead of a Ford Bronco. 
Um, the only thing I would say that I was a little bit disappointed uh, when it came to the new Bronco is that they didn't have a V8 available. And I was really expecting them to have some sort of more performance option. Um, I know they have the 310 horse EcoBoost uh, 2.7 liter, but I was expecting them to put like a five liter Mustang, which they might come out <laughs> later, but I, I hope they do, especially now with the, uh, the 470 horse um, Wrangler that's coming out uh, mm -hmm. earlier um, next year. Or I think late this year, maybe. Yep. It's already been teased and tested. It's uh, well, it's poor these days. There are, trying to stay away from v8s and kind of keep them for for mustangs and not even raptor well the new raptor r that's coming next year will have the v8 but surprisingly even the this generation raptor that just was released is is not having a v8 and has a v6 instead but i think it's just different strategies that ford and dodge are pursuing mm -hmm. yeah uh, and and uh, the whole fca and stellantis of course um it's just different sort of application of engines I think they're focusing on. And it's good that they still try to keep the customers happy by introducing those V8 versions of potentially there's rumors of the Bronco coming with a V8. Uh, there's definitely the Raptor R that's coming with a V8. But they're also trying to show the show people and show customers that it's not like it's good to have a V8, but it's not absolutely necessary. You can have less weight from a V6 and you can have good power figures too. Not on the ram trx level but still pretty decent yeah i was i was just gonna ask you how you feel about the new uh raptor that came out i think that earlier this week mm -hmm. um and i was i was a bit disappointed that they didn't put the v8 because in the previous generation they did have a v8 mm -hmm. um but i was looking at the specs and it's got 450 horse and 510 um, pound foot of torque now that is estimated but i mean that's still a pretty good figure for um for that truck now, it's not the 700-plus horsepower that the Ram TRX has, but it's still decent. Yep, for sure. And I think they also, by reducing the weight of it using a V6, they were able to focus more on off-roading performance. Again, they offer, uh, well, with the video promotion they have, and I think there was a clip on Instagram of it, of the new Raptor uh, jumping like 10 feet, 10, 10 feet in the air, yeah, for like five to 10 times and it survives. And I think that's what they were focusing on. Maybe they were doing the early testing with a V8 and it didn't offer them that uh, off-road capability and the whole Baja experience in jumping. Uh, but uh, still the V8 is coming and they wanted to make as much money as possible by advertising it as a new, uh, new Raptor. And once the V8 comes out, obviously people are going to see the V8 Raptor R as the, the best model out there. So they're going to, try to buy that one but uh, i think it's just purely marketing they wanted to get as much money as possible <laughs> yeah i would i would have to agree with you there i am i'm a little bit disappointed but i think i think you're you're definitely right i think that the new bronco is much more of a um they're going for more of a baja like off-roading um race truck compared to the ram trx which was more of like a street truck i think mm -hmm. they're not they're not really focusing that much on off-road capability i don't think with the ram trx yeah absolutely it's a straight line just with a whole hellcat range it's uh <laughs> as much power as possible a lot of weight but also very quick off the line but when it comes to uh the desert performance and jumping and sort of that then it's not as capable plus uh i don't think uh the new uh, raptor will have good mpg a good range, but uh, the Ram TRX is absolutely appalling in that sense. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Yeah, the, you're you're not going for uh, best MPG when it comes to <laughs> a 700 horse TRX. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the other car I think that came out this week, I'm not sure if it was this week or um, the previous week, was the uh, the 2022 Cadillac uh, CT5 V Blackwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that one? I'm a little bit mixed with Cadillac nowadays. Absolutely, it feels off brand. It doesn't. Um, like it doesn't look like a Cadillac, the modern Cadillac that they have these days. They really pushed their brand to be more electrified, more uh, snobby and luxury, I would say. And so this is completely, <laughs> completely off brand. It's, it looks like something that would come from Chevy or even even Dodge. It's absolutely bonkers. Uh, but it's great that they have it. I think that they wanted to send that V line. Uh, the gas-powered V-Line with a bang, and they definitely achieved that. For American customers, it will be a competitor for European models, uh, for M3, M4, C63, even M5. But if you, I don't think they're bringing it to Europe, but if they were to bring it to Europe, that would never succeed there. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the Cadillac, I, um, uh, one of my uh, grandmas, she has a, I want to say 2018 or 2020 um, Cadillac, and she's had so many issues with it. Um, so I just, I have a bad, um, I have a bad bias when it comes to Cadillac. So I hope this, I think what they're really doing is they're going to, because now that they're going towards electric, um, I hear a lot of talk about GM going to all electric. I think this is kind of like a, a last send off to mm-hmm. the high performance Cadillacs possibly. I do like that it does have a manual. Absolutely. I think that is a really cool um, addition that it has a manual even if it's a $85,000 base price mm-hmm. for sure and uh, in that sense it, it in terms of power figure and value for a car that you get from CT4V and CT5V Blackwing uh, it's it's pretty good on paper and in its class it's the most powerful and it's not it I think it's more expensive than direct competition with CT5 it would be like M3 and C63 and for the CT4, it will be like smaller models like RS3. Uh, but it offers more power and it offers, I, I'd like to say it offers more fun, uh, but it also doesn't go f- too far off with the price. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that they're, they're going to try to keep it in some sort of affordability, um, not as much as like a uh, Mercedes AMG would be. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they're going to, they're going to try to make as most money as they possibly can out of it, like, like Ford is going to do. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully it does good for them, uh, but I don't, I don't see it going and being um, as big of a success as some of the other um, BMW counterpart, mm-hmm. counterparts. Or even as the CTS-V, uh, the predecessor of CT5V Blackwing, um, a lot of people are complaining they just reuse the same frame and body and the whole components mm-hmm. are the same. It definitely is upgraded. I don't think it's fair to say that. But I think at the time, CTSV generated more more hype and uh, better um, better uh, liking from, from the people. I, I don't think uh, we are going to appreciate these models as much as we did the previous ones. Yeah, I think honestly... Um, unfortunately, I think Cadillac really has been on a downturn the last uh, few years. They they haven't really been. I haven't really seen any big like wow factor from them. Kind of like GMC has. Um, there's there's a couple other brands. Fiat. I haven't really seen anything mm-hmm. that important come out of them in a while. Um, I'd say right now probably the only two brands that I'm really impressed by right now is probably Ford 
and uh, Chevy. And I'm not a I'm not a huge Chevy guy. I'm actually a Mopar guy, mm-hmm. but I'd have to say Chevy with the new C8 Corvette, they're killing it. I really like that the uh, the new body, the mid engine. Do you do you have a opinion on that? I honestly didn't like C6 and C7 as much, but when it came to C8, I think it's one of the best cars they've ever made. And even when you look at data about their customers and it's uh, it, obviously they try to piss off the purists of the Corvette brand, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely C8 is a huge step up and offered very price competitive uh, option for people who would normally go for European supercars uh, for the value that it provides for the price that it charges. It's a spectacular car and I can only imagine what's next with uh, the further models of the C8, the more performance oriented ones. Yes. I, uh, I've heard rumors of a 900 horse hybrid mm-hmm. um, ZR1 for 2022. So that, I mean, this current generation is super fast. I can only imagine what the all electric one and the uh, hybrid would do because those that those cars are just going to be it's going to be like a the Tesla basically. It's it's a tiny car with a way too much horsepower. That that's going to be a really fun car to to see and uh, hopefully if either one of us gets a chance to drive it, that would be a blast. Absolutely, yeah. No, I'll I'll be looking forward to that moment. And I've seen it on the road. It looks great too. It's not only the performance figures that it offers or technology that's inside it, but even the looks of it, they made a huge step up in my opinion. Yeah. One of my neighbors, um, uh, I don't know if they'd be neighbors, but the same area where I mm-hmm. live, they have a blue um, C8 um, that they, they drive very frequently. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think they probably already have 20 or 30,000 miles on it already. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really nice car. It drives really well. I haven't heard any bad things about him. And uh, obviously, the auction results of them have been like ecstatic. Double the double the uh, price of them from a dealership. Um, there, I think one of them sold last week or the week before for um, one hundred and forty thousand dollars US, wow. um, which is crazy. That's that's over double the um, base MSRP on those. Mm-hmm. Just shows you how underpriced they are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Definitely. Uh, there's, if people are willing to pay that, I mean, that's, that's really great. Um... All right, let's talk uh, about some supercars. Um, I've saved uh, a few of them to talk, uh, talk about with you from uh, Mecham. So uh, the first one um, they've got is a 2014 Mercedes SLS AMG Black Series. Um, which is one of my personal favorite uh, Mercedes that's ever come out um, with 622 horsepower. Um, this one is actually in red with a really nice um, black interior. I think it's probably the best color combination. Um, I, I really like the, the red and black color combination on a lot mm-hmm. of cars. And I think that um, this, this collection has a lot of those. Um, the one they have has only got 2,300 miles on it too. So he hasn't driven in a lot. It's one of 132 that were built. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd have to say that's probably in my top five Mercedes um, that's ever come out. Would you agree with that or no? Absolutely gorgeous. It's, uh, it's, it's just beautiful. And the Black Series treatment, treatment of the car just made it even better. Like I'm a big fan of the regular SLS. And when you talk about the Black Series one, it's just out of this world. Um, interesting though for the Black Series, it's my number two. My number one Black Series is the SL65. Personally, mm, okay, 
Yeah, the SL65, I think I would put that as my number two, but I'd have mm-hmm. to say number one is the SLS. Yeah. Um, I have... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, just the style of it and the engine, it's it's so spectacular. And I, I'm looking at it now on Tamikam's website. It's just gorgeously looking with the red accents inside. It's kind of like they did red and black on the outside and then they switched it in the inside. They made it black with red accents. It's it's just spectacular. What a car. Yeah. Um, that's going to come with a very hefty price tag too. I'm sure probably, <laughs> probably four or 500,000 uh, US dollars, um, yeah, which easy. easy. Um, the one thing I will say, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I really think that the, the new Mercedes after the SLR McLaren, I'd say the AMG, uh, SLS and the AMG GTs, I think that they're pretty undervalued for the performance that you can get and the styling that you get. I understand that the um, they they're like eighty thousand dollars for a couple year old uh, AMG GT, and I and I know that they're more mass produced than they have in the past. But I think for a five hundred horse plus AMG GTS, that's a that's a really good deal. I can agree with that. I think they went. They went for more power, but they also went a little bit softer in terms of design and uh, the overall package that these these cars provide. They almost made them more mainstream. Like when you talk about SLS, it uh, it was not as practical. It had the going doors, which were <laughs> some loved them, but they're not the most comfortable. And I think with GT, they just just made it a little bit softer, more approachable for uh, for the customers, which has its. Um, they definitely were right in that. It's it's a more po- popular car than ever, and the price tag reflects it too. Yeah. But still, they they come out with crazy versions like the the new Black Series that's coming out from the GT line. Uh, they they still can. They're showing that they can do things with it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how the um that new Black Series comes out because I haven't been a really big fan of the AMG GTR. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're going to I think they're going to do a really good job like they have with all the other black series in the past. But I, I, I can see that the the SLS um, black series, the previous generation, really increasing in value after the the AMG GTR black series comes out just because the SLS was the original. Mm-hmm. No, I can agree with that. And it's it's just it's tough to say it. We always say it all the time, but it's not the same, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. It, it, it is. It's unfortunate. I, I personally am a huge fan of the uh, gullwing doors. Um, and I think that anytime you put gullwing doors on a Mercedes, it really reflects the price. And uh, I actually was looking at another Mecham auction that happened uh, earlier um, in uh, January. They had a I don't know if you saw this. They had a 300 SL Roadster mm-hmm. and the Gullwing version, and the uh, Gullwing actually sold for $325,000 more. Um, so I'd say they're consistently more when it comes to the Gullwing door version. I just think that's probably because of the racing history associated with them. Absolutely, and again, they, even though they're not as practical, uh, they just for most people they just look better and they are more iconic same with yes. sls they offered the roadster uh, that obviously had regular doors and presenters like uh, jeremy clarkson for example they preferred the non-galwing door for the accessibility of it but it's for for these cars they're they're not bought for practicality you, you like them for yeah. for their history for their uh, design and performance of course mm-hmm 
So the uh, the second one, I don't know if you're still looking at Mecum, is the uh, 2011 Ferrari 599 GTO, mm-hmm. um, which um, is one of my favorite Ferraris that's come out in the past 10 years. Um, I'd say the 599 GTO, the LaFerrari, and the F12 TDF are probably my favorite um, modern Ferraris. Um, and I, I find it really interesting because there's actually three 599 GTOs that are going to be offered at the same weekend. Um, from totally different consigners, different auction companies, uh, but they're all selling at the same weekend. And I, I find this car particularly interesting because I got to see this car in person this year. Wow. Um, and it sold, I believe, for almost three quarters of a million. Um, but the, the, it had like 168 miles at the time. And this now has 175. So he has, he's barely driven it since he got it in July, <laughs> uh, which I find kind of sad because this, I mean, it's a really nice looking car. Yep. I'm sure it drives good. It's got 661 horsepower. So he, uh, I'm really surprised that he couldn't help, uh, like just drive it at least 10 <laughs> miles, but he, he had good uh, holding back skills there. Yeah, just uh, definitely it's more of a business approach and more of an investment approach. Uh, these people, they know if the more that you drive them, the the more they depreciate. Uh, but I agree with you. For 175 miles, yeah, you could have pushed it to 200 miles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, it's not like you're really losing a lot of value on that no. car. Yeah. Um, the the other one, I just talked about the F12 TDF. He actually does have an F12 TDF. Um, again, with that red and black. Uh, theme there mm-hmm. um i i find it interesting it was originally owned by roger penske wow. um and 450 miles on it which is really low for an f12 tdf mm-hmm. uh but i i really like the f12 tdf and the 599 gto which i already stated um but what what would you say your top three new ferraris would be um interesting because i I know a lot of people like absolutely love Ferraris. I'm personally not a huge fan of them. I know what they are and I appreciate them for what they are as a brand. And as the cars themselves, they just don't appeal to me. I find it's, it's uh, they can't appeal for everyone, right? They know their customer and personally for me, but there were definitely cars that I appreciate. They were coming from them. Um, I love the spectacular design of the F12 Berlinetta. I, I remember mm. when it came out, it was like, wow, that's a gorgeous car when it came out. Um, I do like the new Ferrari Roma, again, just for the purely for the looks and for the more GT nature, I guess. That's a car I really like. And of course, the SF90. Um, it's crazy how much they've step up, stepped up their, uh, their development to make SF90 almost as powerful as LaFerrari for mm-hmm. a fraction yeah. of the price. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed with the SF92. I will say that I was not particularly interested in the Ferrari Roma. I don't know why. I I have a, I feel like it has a lot of styling cues from the Portofino, mm-hmm. which I've never been a really big fan of. So I think that's probably why. Um, I did at the same the same time um, in July. I did see an F12 Berlinetta. And they're definitely one of the best looking Ferraris I, I'd say ever made. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 to me, it reminds me a lot of the original Ferrari Daytona yep. um, just with the styling. And I, I really like that styling. And that's probably one of the reasons why I like the F12 TDF as well. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, just, I, I, I know TDF is a more hardcore version, uh, but I'm personally, I'm just more, I'm a fan of, 
I'm more of a fan of GT cars, and I think that mm-hmm. speaks to me, and that's why I do like Rama. Uh, and I know it's like for for most people, it's it's polarizing. It's either you love it or you hate it because it's it's not really a Ferrari per se. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like it's just a more again approachable model from them. Kind of like what California was, I guess, which I never really yes. liked as much. <laughs> uh, but I like it personally. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see uh, see that. I I I'm definitely a fan of the California. Um, I just think that it's it's such a great car. Um, can, and like you you can spend a fraction of the price as you would on like a an F430 or an F12. Just like it's it's much more affordable, and I think that's why. Uh, you like the Roma because it's much more affordable and you could get your hands on one mm-hmm. uh, easier. So I, I can definitely agree with that. I, I would rather have one that I could play around, play around with rather than one that has to sit in my garage. Like some of the more expensive ones would have to. For sure. And I, I had experience in the past with the four, five, eight, like on that supercar tour that I had. And I didn't like it like as much. I don't know why, maybe there was something wrong with the car, but I compared four, five, eight. And there was also the Lamborghini Huracan. And Hurricane just felt so much better for some reason. Hmm. Well, I, I can't I can't say that I've ever driven one of those or ridden in any of them. So I'm just going to have to go based on uh, <laughs> what you're saying. Um, uh, also at the auction, I'm going to I'm going to talk about one more car from this collection, which which is different than the other ones. But I, I think it's definitely on along the same lines uh is the 2006 celine s7 twin turbo okay. and i put in a post on instagram about this one just because i thought it was it was a, a bit different than what i normally see when it comes to supercars mm-hmm. um especially because it's a v8 that's got a twin turbocharged um twin turbocharger on it it's all aluminum 750 horsepower and it's a manual transmission which wow. is kind of unheard of now um and i don't know i i personally think that the s7 Selena sevens are a bit overpriced. I don't know if you've seen how much they are. I've seen some, they've, they're asking over a million dollars for them. And I I think that's a little bit too much for what that car is. Absolutely. Like it's, if I think for, for a million, I'm not too familiar with the, the uh, used market for Koenigsegg, but can you get a Koenigsegg for a million? Like one of them? I don't think you can. I, I know the, especially the older, like the CCXRs, mm-hmm. am I saying that correct? Um, I think those are at least $2 million. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> yeah, but the, I think Koenigsegg has a more like purist following. Like th- those are like just pure on hyper cars. Yep. Like there's nothing like joking about them versus like Celine. It's a supercar, but I mean, they mod, they modified Mustangs. Mm-hmm. So I, it's kind of like if the um, if Lingenfelter made it, their own car. <laughs> so I think that's why I find it a little bit amusing that they're one million dollars for their 2006 Celine, yeah. um, and then if you were to buy a 2006 Celine Mustang, it would probably cost you under fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, Celine to me uh, personally, again, I'm not a biggest fan of them, um, and I might get hate for this, but to me, they just uh, they are on the same page as the Honda or Acura NSX, just for me personally. They have mm-hmm. a similar look. They have a similar approach to their interiors and definitely not the same in terms of power. Uh, but to me, they just feel like two uh, compatible cars for me personally. I, I would have to agree with that. I, I definitely can. I definitely would 100% agree with that. I've never been a 
a really big fan of Celine. Um, Roush is probably the one that if I was going to have someone modify my Mustang, <laughs> I would rather have Roush do it. Yep. But I, I mean, I have to have respect for Celine because they've been, they've been in business for decades now. So I have a little bit of respect for them, but I can definitely agree with you that there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them on the same level as a Lamborghini Ferrari or Koenigsegg. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then speaking of the, um, that, uh, new CT five V Blackwing, they have a 2020 Cadillac CT six V, which I found really interesting that they had that because I have, I've yet to see any of them. Um, so the one they've got, has got a thousand miles on it. Um, so he hasn't driven it very much and I would expect like someone to be driving this car. Cause I mean, it's a Cadillac. It's not really supposed to be kept indoors and put away like a little collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently they only built 600 of them, which I did not know. And uh, it's got 550 horsepower too, yep. um, which I, I find really surprising um, for, for the CT six. Cause I didn't, I personally never even knew that they had a CT six V. I think I've seen it personally once, and I was as surprised as you were. Or just, oh, really? I don't remember this model being uh, being out there. It's it's pretty rare, and it offers a similar vibe, I guess, as the CT5 V Blackwing. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. think the public appreciated them as much. No, I think that the fact that both of us really hadn't heard <laughs> of it definitely screams that it wasn't a very popular model. Yep. Um, the other one that they have, it's from the same collection, is a 2021 Lexus LC500. Okay. And I've talked about this one with um, a lot of my car friends, and I love the LC500. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> I, I remember seeing it like at the 2018 um, Detroit International Auto Show, or maybe it's 2019. I, I just remember thinking it looks so cool because it, it just looks much different than everything else that Lexus has come out with. It reminded me a lot of the LFA Mm -hmm. and I'm just a really big fan of it. It's a gorgeous car. And especially as a convertible, um, I had a chance to sit in it on the auto show as well here in Toronto. And it, as much as it was so great on the outside inside, I found it a little bit bulky and a little bit too much. Just kind of the story with a lot of Lexuses these days. Um, it's this car is you got you get it purely for the looks and for a V8. Um, but driving one, I as much as good as it is, I wouldn't see myself driving it honestly. Yeah, well, uh, this guy has only driven at 271 miles, so he agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you for joining me. This was a, a lot of fun for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I loved it, Bennett. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, You have a great podcast voice and you have great passion for cars. Uh, despite uh, your, I guess, younger age in the community, you definitely have it going and I appreciate uh, you for having me. Oh, thank you very much. Anyone who hasn't heard of him, definitely go follow him on TikTok. I didn't even know you were on TikTok either. Wow. I'll be honest. So I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to go ahead and I actually, um, one of my friends, uh, auto spotting Austria, he's the one who suggested that I, that I, uh, reach out to you. So this was a lot of, a lot of fun. So I'm glad that we did. Thank you very much, Bennett. All the best to you. Have fun. Hopefully you get to watch the Super Bowl. (laughs) As you're American, you probably like it a little bit more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I don't even watch any football. So I, if anything, I'm watching it for the commercials. Exactly. Yeah. But you can find them later on YouTube. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bennett. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Bye. Bye.